Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live here on Memorial Day, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring on Facebook. Get the whole fam damnly in the house here and we'll get this party started. Hope everyone's had a great, I mean, most of the day is is in the books. We hope everyone's had a great Memorial Day. But welcome in to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, one of the topics from Kelberman's Corner on Sunday, and for those of you who are super supporters on Facebook, you know what it means. You got access to that. You were there for the entire show. But we uploaded a clip, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen this on on MHH YouTube. But you were kind of spitballing, hey, who are the top three corners going to be on this defense? Because, look, before the draft, it was easy to just circle uh, Fuller, Callahan, Darby and just say, yeah, you know, OJ Moody, he's going to be your next guy into the fray. But now you insert PS2, right? Patrick Sertan II. Where, what's what's your, your beat on that? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that a cat by the name of Ronald Darby might end up taking more of a backseat than he might realize right now. Could be. I think ultimately, though, and I said this on KK for anyone who saw me on Sunday, yesterday, seems like it's days ago already, uh, that, that Sertan might be a little hot takey, was a luxury pick for the Broncos. And I believe they made that pick because they didn't have their quarterback on the board, that quarterback being Trey Lance. And they had Sertan as the highest rated defender, uh, supposedly, uh, over Micah Parsons, over some other cornerbacks. And they took him not really needing a cornerback, needing one because you have a couple guys on one-year contracts, essentially entering contract years. And you don't need him because cornerback is so strong and you've invested so much money and resources into that position already. 
So ultimately, ideally, I think the Broncos would want to bring Sertan, a rookie, along and let him learn and grow organically, not rush him, uh, not delay his development or stunt his development. Let him learn behind two veterans and then come in maybe midseason for a larger role. I fully uh, allow that if Darby's play falls off or he gets injured or any other cornerbacks get injured, Sertan can face more playing time. I think ultimately, though, ideally, in a perfect case scenario, they would want to bring him along slowly and let him kind of get in where he fits in. It might end up shaking out that way, but I have, I don't know what it is. It's like a, a gut feeling that Vic Fangio actually has a strategic plan for Sertan. And I don't necessarily think, what's up, Michael? Appreciate you being with us on Facebook. I don't necessarily think, Zach, that it is to supplant Ronald Darby out of the gates, but I think he's going to be used excuse me, it's kind of a matchup weapon. So you take that six foot two length, very physical, very, you know, he's not the the loosest in the hips, you know, throwing out some scouting terms here, but he's not the most fluid in that sense, but he is a dominating physical presence at corner. Hey, you draw the Kansas City Chiefs on the schedule. Maybe you take off a linebacker and you put Pat Sertan on Travis Kelsey. Oh, you draw the Las Vegas Raiders again. You take out a linebacker, you put Sertan on the field, kind of, you know, to take out Darren Waller, kind of like what the, what is called the matchup safety role, even though he's not a safety. In this case, it's like, I want to say it was uh, Bill, Bill Belichick kind of pioneered this back the year prior, right before uh, Aqib Tlaib became a Bronco. His last year in New England, there was that big, I think it was either Monday or Sunday night game against the Saints, where Belichick decided to take Tlaib off the boundary and just tail Jimmy Graham, and they shut him down. It shut Jimmy Graham down. That was at the height of the Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham kind of mojo. So maybe Fangio, Zach, has some kind of trick up his sleeve with that, you know, Sertan being used as kind of just a matchup weapon to, to break glass when needed. Yeah, I fully agree with that, and I would love that. But you, you obviously lose that luxury when you're forcing Sertan to take on starting reps. And it's that's the plus side of having Sertan, but here's the downside. If he does well and earns a starting spot, that means the guy you paid $10 million to, and a lot of fans think overpaid for in Darby, what does it say that he's getting outplayed out of the gates by a, a rookie cornerback who's still learning behind two veterans? So it, it works kind of both ways, and that's why I think ideally the Broncos have their starters. They have Darby. They have Callahan, hopefully healthy now. They have Fuller. They have uh, Oshimudia, too, as St. Bassett. They both played pretty well last year. This is stocked right now. They are set at cornerback. Sertan is just the cherry on top. He's the luxury. Play him at safety, play him you know, near the box, play him along the boundary in the slot, play him wherever you want. Uh, but that's you, you can't have it both ways, and that's why I think unless Darby falls off or gets hurt, he's going to get that spot by default, kind of like this year's defensive version of Melvin Gordon. He's getting that spot because he was paid so much. I agree. I mean, if I had to put, put money on it, I would bet right now that it's probably going to be Darby. Let me read what Darby had to say, though. This is kind of interesting, Zach. You brought this up. Darby, of course, met with the media on Wednesday, day three of Broncos OTAs, the voluntary period. And he was asked, hey, you know, this new collection of, of guys, you're among the newer faces here along with Kyle Fuller and Pat Sertan. What can this defense accomplish in 2021? This is Darby, quote, we can do great things. We just have to keep getting to know each other and going out there. Communication is key along with knowing our job and knowing where to line up and knowing each other's tendencies. Once we get all that down, 
sky's the limit for this group. We have a lot of vet players and a lot of young, talented players. We can all run and fly around. Close quote. Now, Zach, one last thing. He was asked to give his his read on PS2. Quote, yeah, he's got great size. Pause. About 6'2", long arms, and has good feet. He knows how to press and put his hands on people. He's really good out of his break and has really good ball skills. So, Zach, that's the one thing. The last that last little bit that he that he talked about there of his length, being good at press, being not afraid to get physical and put his hands on guys. That's what really gives me some kind of a. It, it's not what gives me, but it confirms my sneaking suspicion that maybe Vic Fangio might use him as as almost like a. I'm not going to say a matchup safety because he's not a safety, but like a matchup DB while he's still kind of you know, incubating and learning the ropes. He's a movable chess piece, Chad. And in today's NFL, titles are kind of becoming and going the way of the dodo bird. I mean, players are so interchangeable now. You had Simmons playing uh, slot cornerback at one point because the Broncos were so decimated. Uh, you've had people move throughout the formation. And another thing is you now you have Baron Browning. You want to talk about weapons. He can play inside, outside. He can play against the run and pass. He can help cover the tight ends as well. And Darby's point, I love how refreshing and and honest he was complimenting a player who's probably going to take his job in the not-too-distant future, and it was very honest. But the sky is the limit. Part of that, though, is relying upon Darby being Darby of last year. It's also relying upon him staying healthy. He doesn't force many interceptions. He doesn't force many turnovers. But the Broncos are paying for last year's version. If they want to reach that sky, he has to pull a lot of his own weight. For what it's worth, and then we'll turn the page here uh, on this topic and get to what the latest is on Aaron Rodgers, there have been some really just positive buzz on the Denver Broncos' new defensive backs coach who replaced Ronaldo Hill, right? When uh, Brandon Staley got the head coach job with the Chargers, he swooped in and hired Ronaldo Hill to be the defensive coordinator, and so the Broncos had a vacancy, and they hired a cat by the name of Christian Parker, a.k.a. CP. Get used to hearing that nickname because you're a lot of the DBs, when you hear them at the mic, they're going to be referencing this Christian Parker. A lot of props to him so far. It looks like that was a blessing in disguise. I personally was never all that thrilled with Ronaldo Hill's body of work last year as the secondary coach, as much as I respected his time in Denver as the free safety compliment to Brian Dawkins. All right, real quick, shout out George Newton. Thanks for getting in early, getting that super sticker up, my friend. Uh, wait for it, he says. George, you're just consistent as the day is long. And Zach, this is this is the type of you know every single day type of superstar that we just we love you. It's, it's like a passive aggressive kind of dig at us though. Wait for it with the clock in the middle. We appreciate it though, George. Thank you. Hey man, let me tell you something. If you do a live stream podcast uh, out of your house and there's a brand new baby that's three or four days old you might not always be super punctual. And I know that that's a convenient excuse because we're often late. We're often late. This way. Wait, I get turned around. (laughs) This guy. Okay. Um, Okay. Guys, so much more to get to. Your super chats, Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get to all that. First, quickly, make sure you know how to connect with us on social media, starting with Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at MileHighHuddle. Our great producer who puts in so much time into our community and these podcasts, John K, you know him as Buona Beast on Twitter, at John K, MHH, my partner in crime, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL on Twitter, and myself, at Chad and Jensen. Another friendly uh, reminder, geez, I sounded like Joe Namath there on Monday Night Football talking to Susie Cole. 
another friendly reminder to head on over to Facebook and make sure you are liking and following the Huddle Up podcast page because we have some huge plans for that page content-wise that we're waiting on the following to get to where it needs to be before we start unveiling that. So the side benefit to waiting, you know, if you've already been following and liking the page and you're waiting to see what we're going to be doing there is by liking and following, you are automatically enrolled into our random drawings each and every week. We just gave away one last night. We'll announce this week's because last night's, of course, was making up for last week that we missed it because I was in the hospital with my wife. We'll announce this week's winner later this week. So just navigate, open up Facebook on your phone, either search Huddle Up Pod, like, follow, or as you can see on screen, facebook.com slash. Um, oh, I, I grabbed the wrong link. Facebook.com, where'd it go? There it is. Mile High Huddle Pod. All right. This one is becoming a supporter. You want access to Kelberman's Corner, go to the Mile High Huddle page. Easy to find. Click the big blue button. You get access to Kelberman's Corner and the Trickle Zone, plus additional content that we have coming down the pike including you, you guys will have to help us come up with a name. You know, the Chad Jensen Bronco Book Club. I don't know. It might sound boring to some of you, but trust, it's going to be good, good stuff. Check that out. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. No, I don't have any Dwight Schrute T-shirts on the merch store. This this came out of the old closet. I was trying to kind of go casual today. Uh, but check it out. It's another way to support what we're doing here. And if you're not in a position, gang, to patronize the merch store, be a super chat superstar, you know, subscribe on Facebook as a supporter. It's all good. We are just stoked to have you here. Please make sure you're subscribed wherever you enjoy the show. Like this video. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook guys like this video, if you want to help get this content in front of other Broncos fans, like you wandering the desert, completely oblivious to the fact that this community of hardcore Broncos fans are waiting to embrace them. Liking this video is one of the shortest paths to reaching those people And the shortest path is number three, guys. Share it out there. If we're doing a good job for you, if you respect the effort at the very least, share this video on your social media. Help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. John, let's catch up on some supers, and then we'll dive into some content here, uh, starting with Sam. I'm just going to say Sam Bam. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what else to call this, Zach, the, as far as a moniker, S-A-M-B-B-M. Enter Sam Bam. And, there you go. Enter Sam Bam. Hey, guys. Thank you for the support, Sam. Hey, guys. Sorry I missed the podcast last night. Just wanted to tell you congrats, Chad, on the new family edition. Much obliged. Welcome, Theo, to Broncos country. Hope Emily is doing well. Go Drew Locke. Go Broncos. Man, this dude knows a little bit about me and my family. I'm, I'm a little nervous now. I'm just kidding, Sam. Appreciate the uh, appreciate it. The kind the kind thoughts, positive energy. It's all good. Quick, look out the window, Sam. <laughs> Better change your locks. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate well, Sam. It's a lot, dude. Thank you. We're probably connected on Facebook. I'm guessing. Um, and if so, dude, who? What's your handle on Facebook? Let me know. Reach out. Um, all right, let me let me uh, scroll here. Ian, appreciate you on Facebook, buddy. He says, hello, gentlemen. Happy Memorial Day. My Thank dad you. fought and died for this country, celebrating for him today. Yeah, dude, much uh, – I mean, seriously, hats off uh, for your dad and any of the our fallen soldiers and veterans who have sacrificed, paid the ultimate sacrifice to protect us, keep us free. That Those are our big – those things mean a lot to us on, yeah. on this podcast and at MHH. So – I'm sorry to to learn that you no longer have your dad with you. I mean, that's just terrible. But he's he's a hero. He's a legend. He's among the American victorious dead. So you have our gratitude, buddy. Yes, your dad has my eternal respect, Ian. So thank you. know, I appreciate his support. Anyone out there who served, thank you for your service and uh, uh, your dedication to our country. It's it's for Chad and I. It's uh, it's very important to us. So thank you, uh, Christian. Whoops. Broncos beat Battlestar Galactic. Christian, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super. He says, I may be in the minority, but I don't want Aaron Rodgers. He's a diva. He's 38, and he wants way too much money. I'd rather go the young route with potential and a longer window to win. Hashtag let him hate. Hashtag state of being. Zach, I guess that's as good of any as any segue to get out of the way what the latest is on Aaron Rodgers. It was interesting because, Zach, even though today is a, is a holiday – Last night we said, hey, you're going to start seeing some things kind of shake loose this week because June 1st is on Tuesday, and that's when the Packers might be – they're going to have to confront the issue on some level, even if it means they're not trading him. I mean, they're going to have to do something because he's not showing up. He continues to stick hard to his guns on the ultimatum. And according to ESPN's Jeff Legwald, well, let me just put it this way. Legwald speculated that maybe the Packers might even start fining him for not showing up. But, Zach, first things first, on the topic of Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Athletics' Matt Schneidman reports Packers GM Brian Gutekunst, quote, will not trade Aaron Rodgers this summer. Here's the actual clip. In fact, let me do a little let me do a little read-along so we can all have the uh, – be looking at the same thing here. Stand by one second. Uh, confirmation of Gutekunst's refusal to part with Rodgers comes – as an important deadline approaches. 
If the team were to trade Rodgers after June 1st, it would free up $16 million in salary cap space this year. <clears throat> the team would absorb $21 million in dead money. Green Bay would be dealt a $38.3 million dead money charge if they traded the NFL MVP before June 2nd. Rodgers has made it clear that his grievance is not with the team's coaches or players, but with Gutekunst and the Packers' front office. If Rodgers chooses retirement, over returning to Green Bay, he wouldn't collect the remaining $23 million in signing bonuses on his contract, and the Packers could recoup the $6.8 million roster bonus Rodgers recently signed. That would leave Jordan Love, the 2020 first-round pick, Blake Bortles, as well as the Packers QBs heading into 2021. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend, is the final refrain. So, Zach Gutekunst, talk about two sides really sticking to their guns. Rodgers unmoving, Gutekunst unflinching. As always, it's a game of chicken. Who's going to blink first here? And it's the, it, his problems are based around money. That's every indication he wants more money. He wants to be locked into longer security with the Packers. He wants to be established as the guy. And I think it's almost like a power move or a power flex over Jordan Love. Like, listen, listen, you second-year quarterback who never got a snap last year. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I won MVP. I'm making what, $45 million a year now on my new contract? It's all about money, and I think the more he puts out in the media, the more it kind of forces the Packers' arm because, like that little blurb stated, they don't want to go into the season with Blake Bortles, you know, one snap away from starting with a win-now uh, title-ready club. The doctor in the house, Ph.D., Chris Bush. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. Good to see you. He says, hashtag locked in on Drew. All right, we feel you. So, Chris, the doctor, he's unmoved by the, I don't know, it feels like there's a little momentum coming up. And who knows, Zach, maybe it's not momentum that leads to a parting of ways or Rodgers getting dealt. But maybe, Zach, it could be something as confrontational as Legwald puts here. Quote, Rodgers could be fined 50000 a day for time missed during training camp if this persists. And if Rodgers were to retire, Packers could recoup just under $30 million from him. Now that would be the test, right? Like the bitter to the bitter end. That would be, oh, we're we're definitely on the outs. Like this is not being salvaged. All right, we're going to put the screws to you, essay. And I don't know, man. Rogers, how much power does he really have? Because they don't have to trade him. And if he wants to just not play and go do what was the game show? Price Jeopardy. is right. Jeopardy. <laughs> Price is right. The price is wrong, Aaron. Um, you know he could go do that. But your thoughts? You know, it's kind of like when a player would skip training camp or the preseason and they would find them thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And then when they, as soon as they reported going into week one of the regular season, those fines, yeah, John, they mysteriously just disappear. They wash their hands of them. And that's the same thing that's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just want June to kind of uh, go forward and, and get through this month because I want a resolution one way or the other. Is he staying? Is he going? I happen to think he's staying with Green Bay and they'll satiate him with a new contract. And by week one of the regular season, this whole storyline is old forgotten news. Well, we know he's, they've put a new deal in front of him. And nothing yet. So it's like, what's he waiting for? I don't know. But real quick, additional insight from Jeff Lagwald, one of the most respected beat writers in the country, covering your Denver Broncos for ESPN Denver. Quote, beyond whether the Packers would even entertain a trade this year is the issue of cap room and draft capital needed to make a trade. Many in the league, when quizzed in recent weeks, 
said it would take two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and either additional players or additional picks to acquire Rodgers. The issue for Green Bay is that if Rodgers plays as expected, those are lower-value first-round picks because they come back as probably late first rounds. Most teams enter the draft each year with between 20 and 24 actual first-round grades on players. Any pick after 25 or so in the first round often is not actually a prospect graded first round. Peyton, in the first year of a six-year deal, has consistently professed a desire to acquire more picks each year, not give them away. He wants more darts, as he put it. Surrendering so many top picks is a reason for pause for a team that has missed the playoffs in five consecutive seasons. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, maybe how uh, he could fit in and everything. But let me just get to the bottom line here. Is a Broncos trade for Aaron Rodgers possible? Quarries Legwald? Sure. Have the Packers given any indication it will happen? No. Have the Broncos done something like this before? Yes. And there are two gold jackets to prove it. And are the Broncos truly, actually, deep down, interested enough to have called in April to see, so logic says, if the Packers actually take calls, they would make one. In the end, if the Packers really aren't going to trade Rodgers this year, then it doesn't matter how many scenarios to acquire him are created for the Broncos or anyone else. That's where he left it, Zach. Seemed like to me, Legwald wants this to happen. I think he wants Rodgers in a Broncos uniform, and I, you know, he made both sides of the argument there. But uh, late first round picks are still first round picks, and if you give up Bradley Chubb in that deal or Noah Fan or Jerry Judy, that's an additional first round pick on top of taking on his contract. It's not just either or. And uh, again, a lot of Broncos fans point to Peyton Manning. You weren't giving up anything but a contract to acquire him. So find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
winner. It, that's still the, the popular notion here. It's going to take at least, that's the jumping off point. I mean, look what Stafford went for. You think Aaron Rodgers wouldn't go for more, even though he is going to be 38? I don't think the Broncos are doing this this deal. We shall see. I mean, for a guy that, as we saw, he likes to stockpile the picks. I mean, I mean the way, obviously they gave up some to move up to grab uh, Javante Williams in the second round, but everything after that, it was about stockpiling picks. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe what they do more so than what they say. And, and when they, when both what they say and what they do correspond, it only solidifies it. And that is, look, man, it takes a haul to use his own words. Any of you guys that watch the uh, No Shortcuts four-episode little mini-doc series the Broncos put out, the kind of detailed Peyton's day one all the way up to the draft, you know, he's – it would have taken a haul, for example, just to trade out a nine because they were so enamored with Patrick Sertan. That's just one year's first-round pick. How do you suppose he might feel about giving up next year's and the year after that? If Aaron Rodgers was 32 – it's probably not even something you think about if you're if you're George Payton. You give up those first round picks, whatever it takes to get to get him here. Because he's 38, Zach, it does kind of add some wrinkles to this. Jacques, what's up, dude? First time catching y'all live. He says, Welcome to the manger. It's good to have you, buddy. I mean, go see how many times the Vikings surrendered a first round pick under Payton's leadership with uh Rick Spielman there in Minnesota. It doesn't have and I I just I can't see George Payton not picking in the first round until twenty twenty four. At the soonest, it just it doesn't strike me as what he wants to do. It goes against uh, his moral fabric as the Broncos GM. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe he will make this blockbuster move. Maybe he's playing it all coy, Chad, and it's a game of uh, poker right now. I just, based on his his operations so far and his mo, I don't see it happening. The Duchess making her entrance on Super Chat. Michaela, what's up? Good to have you. Appreciate you as always, my friend. She says, I heard rumors about the Broncos shopping or cutting Bryce Callahan. In my opinion, it would be a bad move. Thoughts? Hashtag best pod ever. Thank you, Michaela. I have not heard any rumor on that front. If anything, um, what might be sparking this is Bob Morris is doing a series right now called Contract Year at milehighhuddle.com where he's taking every veteran that's playing in a contract year in 2021 and kind of going through their past where, you know, where things are at career wise and really just boiling it down at the end to, you know, what are the odds this guy comes back in 2022. And in the case of Bryce Callahan, he put his odds for Callahan remaining a Bronco beyond this year is slim to none. Now, Zach, if you look at the fact that you just brought in Sertan, you do have some flexibility to trade Callahan if you got an offer, but I don't think the Broncos are really actively looking to do that because he's their only guaranteed bona fide nickel guy. Uh, you got a song Bassey, you got Kerry Vincent. Both those guys are young, still kind of learning the ropes. You know, they're going to get played. They're, they're going to get, they're going to go through their trial and error lumps, right? They're going to go through their pitfalls as they figure this thing out. Whereas Bryce Callahan has already been through that, right? The Chicago bears suffered for the sins of Bryce Callahan's trial and error learning curve and he ended up coming to Denver, and every time he's been on the field, he plays at a Pro Bowl level. That's not something you sleep on if you're the Denver Broncos when you have arguably the best nickel corner still playing. Now, Chris Harris, I think the best nickel corner of the decade, but currently playing, I got to give it to Callahan. 
Yeah, I, I just think it would hurt the Broncos more to not have him on the team than to recoup whatever money they're going to get from either trading or releasing him. And he's getting paid seven million bucks, even though you know the, the contract is what it is, and it's his last year. It, that's a steal for, like Chad said, a, an elite, potentially top one or top two slot corner in the NFL. Look what Chris Harris Jr. was making and what he wanted from the Broncos. Seven million bucks for Callahan. I'll pay all day long. He's in a walk here. He's healthy. He should be motivated to play. He's playing opposite a lot of talented players in that secondary. I'm keeping uh, Callahan all day long. I am not moving him. We got Kathy jumping in. Thank you, Kathy, for the super chat to say Chad's diaper fund. Go Broncos. Thank you. Hey, it all adds up. We do appreciate that. Um, yeah, anyone that's had kids, those diapers, you know, they cost they cost a pretty penny. So thank you, Kathy. Uh, also, the brainstorm in the house. What's up? Good to see you again. Two nights in a row. Thank you. He wants to know, Zach, what is your favorite Broncos uniform? I, I like their current ones. I love the navy and orange and white combo. I love the all whites. I think those are really fresh looking, but I'm kind of partial, hear me out on this, to the the throw, the uh, color rush uniforms only because of the helmet, the throwback D helmet. I wish the Broncos would make that their staple and keep their current pants and current shirts, but I, I love their colors. I think they have one of the nicest unis in the NFL. I love the blue. I love the 90s era uniform change. So the, the current helmet. Um, with the blue top, white pants. So what was that? Super Bowl 32, that uniform. I love that. In in my opinion, I think what would be dope is to bring the very helmet they use for color rush and bring that into the four for a while and start using it as just bring that Denver D back and use it as, you know, the go-to for a while and keep the orange, keep the blue. I don't care. It probably look better with the orange, to be honest with you. Not the color rush orange, but mm. the traditional orange. And uh, I love that. I would love that, but I don't think they're. I don't think they're moving that way. I think the color rush helmet with all white uh, current Broncos uniform would be with the, the coolest combination to me. All right, I'm I'm uh, gonna grab Johnny here. A newer name on Super Chat, so Johnny, welcome. Thank you, my friend, and uh, be sure to connect with us on Twitter because we like to shout out our Super Chat superstars after every single podcast. So. We can't shout you out if we don't know your handle and we aren't connected. So take care of that, my friend. He says, most of all, congratulations, Chad. Hey, thanks. That said, I am not excited or hopeful Rodgers will show up in Denver. I don't see it being any good for the team. You know, putting um, being as real as possible, you guys know that I still think the best is in front of Drew Locke. But if push comes to shove and you can get Aaron Rodgers, even if it was for two first-round picks, I'm not – and maybe a little bit more. I'm still probably making that deal even as a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers, all right, just because I know with the way this team is structured, you're guaranteed playoffs basically. You're going to the playoffs with this team. And how long are you going to be able to ride that wave? You know, I would say at least three years. Three years is probably the the – uh, at least is not the the right phrase. I would say you have about a three-year window. So would that be worth it, a three-year window, to be a factor, to compete, to push every single year? No more wondering and hoping and praying, are we going to beat the Chiefs? Are we going to snap this ignominious losing streak that has you know, haunted us ever since the second half of the 2015 season? Aaron Rodgers in town, all that goes away. That's not to say he's going to land here, Zach, and go undefeated against the Chiefs, but still – Suddenly all things are possible, but 
the caveat, it would come at a significant price. You are giving something up to get such a rare, rare gem. The question said that he, he wouldn't make the Broncos a better team. And listen, I, I'm I'm a big as, of a lock fan as you're going to find out there, but I'm, I'm also not brain damaged. Uh, Rodgers just won NFL MVP at 37 years old. I think he's pretty talented in his own right, and he would come in and make this Broncos team on paper and on the field an instant contender. I mean, that's just being realistic. I'm just recognizing his talent and his accomplishments. The problem comes with, like Chad said, what you'd be giving up to get him, the compensation, the contract, and also now the strife because Aaron Rodgers, I don't know really what happened. The liberation of, of A-Rod here, he seems very well outspoken now. He like feeling himself, and you'd be taking on that, I don't know another word, baggage if you acquire him. So you worry about the contract, you worry about the draft picks you're giving up, and also at any time he can decide, well, I'm not being paid enough. I'm, you're not recognizing me enough. I want more money. I want more accolades. I'll go host Jeopardy. I don't want to deal with that every other year. So that's another consideration you have to take into account. But in terms of on-the-field play, I mean, come on. He just won the league's most valuable player for a reason. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Michael says he just brought a Mile High Huddle shirt and hat to support MHH. Yes, dude, send us a pic when it uh, arrives. We definitely want to uh, put you on, on our Instagram and give you some love and, and flex. And by the way, uh, guys, the link, if you want to get some merch, it's in the stream, huddleuppod.com, not hard to uh, remember. Don, Manning did not retire at 37. He arrived in Denver at 36. I want to say he retired in... 20 early 2016 at he was either 39 about to turn 40 or had turned 40. In fact, let me look real quick on his wiki. This now that's going to bug me now real quick. 
so he born in 76. So he's born in March of 76, Zach. And his retirement, real quick, his retirement was, of course, in 2016. I'm just trying to remember when was that exactly. That was March 7th. So he was days away from turning 40, Zach. Yeah, it's uh, it's also two different circumstances as well. They're two different quarterbacks, as great as they are, and there's no guarantee that you're going to replicate the success with Peyton Manning if you acquire Aaron Rodgers. What happens? He comes in here and breaks his clavicle, which is a possibility. It's the same kind of scenario the Packers are dealing with, and I, I just you have to you know examine those risks as well. It's not an instant guarantee that you're going to win title after title by acquiring Aaron Rodgers. Joe wants to know on YouTube. Appreciate you being with us, Joe. Why is it A-Rod had two mediocre seasons back-to-back prior to last year's MVP uh, performance? I'm not sure I would categorize. Let me see this. Aaron Rodgers' stats. Uh, Categorize his previous two years as mediocre. But a big part of that was he just wasn't jiving with Mike McCarthy, right? 2019, he gets LaFleur. He passes for 4,000 yards, uh, let's see, 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, four picks. And then, of course, the floodgates opened last year, 48 touchdowns, five picks. The year prior, the last with McCarthy, if I'm right, that was McCarthy's last year in Green Bay, uh, 25 touchdowns, two picks only, Judas Priest. And he started all 16 games and threw two freaking picks. Unbelievable. Uh, The year prior, 2017, he only played seven games. All right, but then in 2016, 40 touchdowns. He has eclipsed 40 throwing touchdowns three times. He did it in 2011, 45 touchdowns. He did it in 16 with 40. He did it this past season with 48. So I don't know. I think the explanation on the the previous two years, to be honest with you, Zach, was McCarthy on his way out, and then the next year with LaFleur showing up, kind of figuring out, the scheme, kind of those two getting to know each other, figuring out how to jive, and then the floodgates open. 70% completion last year. Goodness me, 48 touchdowns. Then you throw in all of his rushing stats and whatnot. I mean, he was he was deservedly the, the league MVP. Yeah, and if you put his bad year on the Broncos, that's a playoff team. So even at Rodgers' worst, I think the Broncos would be probably, what, 12 wins, 13 wins? I think they'd take that. Yeah, so Peyton Manning, if I'm not mistaken, in his MVP year in Denver 2013 with the 55 touchdowns, I want to say he had that one rushing touchdown. That was against Dallas with the famous, you know, naked boot on the goal line. So he had 50 – he was a, he accounted for 56 touchdowns that year. Last year, Rodgers, 48 through the air, three with his legs on the ground. So he ended up accounting for 51 for what it's worth. Um, all right, here's one from Corey on Twitch or uh, Twitter. Excuse me, Corey. What's up, man? Good to have you. He says, "Is Drew even going to beat out Teddy?" I'm skeptical. I think he will. All right, and let me tell you why. I think that just by virtue of even if you take away everything we've learned about how he spent his off season, I mean, this dude has done nothing but football from the time he rises, the same time every day, to the time he turns in. It's been nothing but football. Even if we remove that. I think just the fact that you're bringing in Teddy, who is no joke. This is a bona fide threat. This is a guy who started many games. He's still young enough to not be perceived by Drew as a, you know, Joe Flacco type that might be flamed out. And, you know, even though Teddy's the best might be behind Teddy, we don't know. Uh, I don't think Drew perceives him as some washed up veteran. 
he's going to push him. Competitive anxiety, you know, it, competition does bring out the best in people more often than not. I think you're going to see a completely different version of Drew for that purpose. So does Drew beat out Teddy? My bold prediction to you today is, yes, I, I believe that he will. But I could be wrong because Teddy, in likewise fashion, could be motivated from signing that three-year, $63 million contract with Carolina last year to then be chewed up and spit out unceremoniously, dealt to Denver, and now having to compete with Drew Locke. It could bring out the best in Teddy as well, who didn't really have to sing for his supper last year, right, in Carolina. So I'm still putting my money on, on Drew, Zach. Listen, I hope we get the best version of Teddy because that's going to make Locke, you know, compete better and play harder and, and really uh, bear down on winning that job and, and sticking as the Broncos quarterback. I think he wins it as well. And I think the Broncos are slanting it for him to win because that's why they brought back Fangio and Pat Shermer and Mike Shula. They retained continuity on offense because they wanted their now third year quarterback, hopefully to get a fair shake with no pandemic, no injuries and a, hopefully a better schemed offense. If Teddy wins, Teddy wins. But I believe the only re- way that happens is if Locke gets injured or he's just so abominably bad this summer. That's the only way I think Teddy's going to see the field in week one. All right. I am now responding in real time to a DM from Sam Bam on Facebook. Now I know who you are. Thanks for reaching out, Sam. Demigod187. Now this is a guy who might think as highly of himself as the living legend, Right. We're talking about Demarcus Walker. You guys are on the same plane. Seriously, thank you for the support, my friend. Uh, Connect on Twitter. If you're already connected with us or following us, oftentimes the YouTube handle is different than the Twitter handle. So do one of these in our mentions if we are already connected. Even if you follow right now, do one of these. Hey, it's me, Demigod187. We'll make sure we follow back. Appreciate it. He says, thoughts on Teddy starting if all else fails. Personally, I don't like it, he says. Let me know, guys. So, Zach, if... Teddy wins or, you know, God forbid Drew gets hurt or whatever. Uh, and you got to roll forward into 2021 with Teddy. What would your outlook for this team be in all honesty? It depends on Pat Shermer. I, I hate to say it, but it depends on the scheme he cooks up for Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think it would be a run heavy, uh, run dominant using your backs, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Mike Boone, Freeman, and letting the running game set up the pass, not taking chances down the field, really playing a safe brand of football as to not turn it over and let your running game and your defense win it. And you know what? That sounds who that sounds really good to? Vic Fangio, a defensive-minded head coach, old school, hard-nosed, I think they could stay above water with Teddy Bridgewater, but there'd be no threat under center of a big play through the air. It'd be all on the ground. And once the team stops the Broncos running game, that's where it becomes a problem with Teddy having to beat that defense. Yeah, I mean, I've said this a few times on the pod. I think if Teddy ends up starting, for whatever reason, this is a roster built to still win with him under center. Because the one thing that you can... Uh, project and you kind of forecast with Teddy is minimal giveaways. Now, last year was kind of a, uh outlier. I mean, if you look at his statistical output dating back to 2014, he had two seasons in which he played meaningful ball with double-digit giveaways. That was his rookie year, and that was this past season in Carolina. So I think for the most part, you would see a efficient brand of offensive football in terms of, you know, not the, the 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 plus minus wouldn't be so offset as it was last year, but in terms of the turnover differential, but where you're going to lack is those big explosive plays downfield. He'll move the chains, 
but when push comes to shove, I mean, I'm not even talking Star Wars numbers. I'm talking, are you going to throw for low 20s in touchdowns? Are you even going to sniff 4,000 yards passing? I mean, the reason he made the play or uh, the Pro Bowl after the 2015 season wasn't by virtue of his statistical prowess. It was simply, Zach, because the Vikings were so good as a team. And guys, think back to when Peyton Manning was here and things were rolling. There were guys on this team that made the Pro Bowl that honestly had no business making it. Only reason they did was because they were on the team that was on every chance the NFL got to put Peyton Manning on primetime. They were on primetime, and they won a lot of games. So when fans are looking to vote, and players alike, when they're looking to vote and they see a name that they know very well and they're like, I'm not sure if he's uh, the best at his position, but hey, the Broncos have sure won a lot of games this year. I'm going to go ahead and vote for this guy. The same principle applied for Teddy in 2015. That's why he got a Pro Bowl. I still think this team can win 10, 11 games with Teddy, but it would be, yes, contingent Zach on Shermer. I'll agree with you on that. But the biggest thing, did you get the running game going? Did Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams come alive? That would be the the true, I think, decider. Yeah, honestly, I'm not a huge Teddy fan, but if he doesn't turn the ball over and the Broncos' running game succeeds, they can still win 10 or 11 games. They can be a playoff team. Um, I just would think their upside is capped with not having a quarterback with upper echelon upper echelon arm talent or some sort of threat with his legs. Teddy's not a scrambler. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's a safe pocket quarterback that can make the occasional throw and hand the ball off with the best of them. Jesse, what's up, dude? Uh, good to see you. Connect on Twitter. I don't think we're connected on Twitter. I, th- I think we looked for you last night. I, c- I couldn't find you, so make sure you take care of that. He says, great show, guys. I personally still got Locke close to my chest. I want him to be the QB1. I think he can be. Teddy isn't the worst-case scenario either. Yeah, I mean, if Teddy has to play or if, if he does end up winning the competition, I don't think the Broncos are in bad hands by any stretch. Just keep your expectations relatively in check. At no point in this dude's football career, at least dating back to Louisville, was he a statistical – was he prolific – Statistically, he was, uh, you know, play it close to the vest. Don't give it away. Be efficient on third down. Try to punch it in the red zone. Let the defense and the running game do the heavy lifting. That was Teddy. You can win that way. Are you going to win it all? The only way you can win it all with that model, Zach, is if you have Wade Phillips' 2015 Broncos defense or, you know, the 2000 Ravens or the 2002 Bucks or the 1985 Bears you can win with that model if you got that legendary alignment of stars defensively, which, I mean, how often does that happen? Maybe once a generation, right? So I would even throw in the 2013 Seahawks as well. It's just hard to do. Yeah, I was going to mention the 2000 Ravens as well. And I, listen, I have no problem with Teddy Bridgewater. I like him starting a lot more than Brett Rippon or Driscoll or Blake Bortles. I mean, he's not a bad backup to have. But let's recognize the fact that more than likely his – um, projection in the NFL is that of a backup. So if he comes in the ball game, if he ends up starting games for the Broncos, they can win. But once a defense shuts down the Broncos' running game and they force Teddy to beat him, that's where I start to cover my eyes a little bit. Yep. All right, real quick, I'm going to just take a second to check the back end. John, make sure we haven't missed anyone. I don't think we have. Um, Doug, we need Doug if you have Doug. Um, other than that, I think we are on schedule. What's up, Doug? Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, I can't wait to watch Javante Williams round the 
Zach, I, I need your I need your syntax. It's not showing up for me. The emoji. Yeah, it must be an emoji. But yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Javante Williams is a talented cat. That was one of the cool takeaways. And by the way, I don't know if he's in the chat tonight, David Bingaman. Um, but he sent me a uh, email. You want to talk about prolific? This dude sent me an email sharing his takeaways of the No Shortcuts docuseries the Broncos did, as mentioned prior. And it was really uh, – I did actually read that, David, for what it's worth. One of my takeaways from watching, especially that last episode, was just simply how enamored they were with Javante Williams. And obviously they were, or else you don't trade up to draft a running back in the second round. We know they thought highly of him. But they – it gave you more of an insight into what the Broncos believe they're getting in Javante Williams. And if they're right, you know, if their gut instinct is, is right, this is this could be your next Clinton Portis. Like that's the caliber running back this dude is. And probably one of the greatest things about him landing in Denver, Zach, is the fact that because he split reps with Michael Carter at North Carolina, this dude's tread on the tires. I mean, look, dude, you're not having to swing by Big O anytime in the near future. This dude's got rubber for days. And he's also used to, like, you know, to piggyback off your point, he's used to sharing carries. So him splitting carries with Melvin Gordon, at least initially, won't be a problem. But the Broncos, what does that say about Melvin Gordon's status in Denver? That's how highly they think of him beyond 2021. They traded up in the second round, surrendering precious darts for a devalued position like running back. I'm very excited to watch him run as well. I just think the Broncos, considering what they're paying Gordon, they're going to try their best to feed him carries and justify that contract before inevitably Williams takes over. Love, Pookie. I'm not sure who it was that asked that. I ended up losing it in the stream. But, hey, is this really a championship-caliber roster? I mean, we went 5-11 and 11 last year. I'm not saying it's a championship-caliber roster as is today. I'm saying that this would be a championship-caliber roster if you put the reigning NFL MVP on this on this team. Why, you know, I don't think that's much of a departure or much of a logical leap. You got to remember the Denver Broncos. I mean, it's a who's who laundry list of injured defenders last year, starting with Vaughn. I mean, you can go down the list. It was, it was horrendous. Most of the, the, the most grievous injuries the Broncos suffered were on that side of the ball. And so that's a big reason why they finished five and 11. Like if you don't lose Vaughn, if you have a healthy Bryce Callahan throughout the season, uh, who else am I missing? If you don't lose Mike Purcell in the middle of Sutton. the defense, if you don't lose Jarrell Casey, it, you know, I'm just even just focusing on the D. You are, it's probably worth at least one or two more wins. So you probably get to seven wins, even with Drew going up and down. And then if you add, as you say, Zach, Cortland Sutton into that mix, it's probably worth at least one more win. You probably end up finishing eight and eight, even with Drew still going ups and downs, probably not as far down when he did reach those depths from week six to, I'll say, you know, week 10, because he's got Cortland Sutton. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer, what's up, dude? Appreciate it. He goes, I hope the rumors come true, but I'm focusing on the QBs that are in the house. This can be an exciting season, Aaron Rodgers or no. It will be an exciting season, regardless of who's quarterbacking the Broncos. And to the last point, the Broncos – I don't know about championship. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Super Bowl, a little, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but did they have a double digit win roster? Yeah. Find their weakness. What is, take, throw out quarterback and find their weakness. What would it be? Inside linebacker. And when you have AJ Johnson, Baron Browning, Josie Jewell, it's even not that bad. 
And let me tell you something, guys. Again, throw out quarterback. If a team loses their best offensive player and their best defensive player, they're not going to win many games. And you can and you combine that with the pandemic, the coaching, the play calling, all the other factors. What do you expect? Let's see what happens come January, what the Broncos record is, given a, a real normal season where everything is clicking all at once. I mean, think about the number of Pro Bowls this team lost. Just on, we'll say in general, Cortland Sutton, there's one down the drain, right? Uh, Darrell Casey, there's five down the drain, so there's six. Uh, Von Miller, eight Pro Bowls. What's that, 14 now? Or no, did I do my math right? Yeah, 14. Um, A.J. Bouye bouncing back and forth from healthy to not. There, let's call that one, all right, because he has made one Pro Bowl. Who am I missing? Mike Purcell, no, no Pro Bowls. But even that, you know, 15 Pro Bowl nods missing from your defense last year. I mean, you don't think that's going to take a toll? You don't think that's going to come out in the wash relative to the standings? Absolutely. Um, and you also have Lindsey on offense with his one Pro yes, Bowl as well. Yep, so, I mean, yep. they were just decimated last year. What do you expect? All right, let me see where we're at here. 48 minutes. We're going to have to start winding it down. Um, but let's grab Sean B. jumping in on Super Chat, another newer name. Connect on Twitter, my friend. Appreciate the support. Welcome. He says, hey, guys, really excited to see Kyle Fuller in Broncos orange and blue after seeing him with my second favorite team for so long. I'm a Broncos fan from Illinois. Congrats, Chad. Hashtag state of being Denver Broncos for life. Let him hate. Hey, appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, Kyle Fuller, I, I wish I could tell you, you know, what he's been up to. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't show up at OTAs. Hopefully he shows up this week to minicamp, right? Mandatory. Yeah. Um, I think he will. But, yeah, we were excited. I mean, the Broncos went out and paid Ronald Darby because at the time, Kyle Fuller was still a Chicago Bear. I don't think they go out and throw the money they did at Darby if Kyle Fuller had been a free agent or they he had been cut, you know, leading up to the opening of free agency. That's just me. But I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, the biggest thing is being reunited with Fangio and Donatel. I mean, his best ball, all pro, plan for those two. Yeah, and he's he's in a contract year, and I love the Broncos' urgency. Literally, he was cut. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. By the Bears, and 15 minutes later, the Broncos had to deal with Kyle Fuller, and he actually, unlike Ronald Darby, he creates turnovers and takeaways. Uh, He's my favorite signing of the offseason. I cannot wait to see him play, and at least, even though he's not there, him and Simmons, Simmons confirmed they have spoken, and they are excited about getting him in the secondary and becoming what should be the no-fly zone 2.0. Dave says on YouTube, thank you, Dave, for being with us. Zach, you articulated a nagging concern I have about Rodgers. Is this a pattern to be repeated by a petty guy and not a legitimate difference between a player and the GM? Listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and predict that Rodgers will do this again when or if he's traded, but it's like getting in bed with a cheater. They can be so alluring and they can promise you up and down, left and right, they're never going to do it again, but once a cheater, always a cheater. There's always going to be that in the back of your mind. What if he does, if he did it to somebody else, why not me? And there's no guarantee he'd be satisfied in Denver for the life of his contract, whatever that may be. He's going to want more and more and more accolades and ego strokes and money. And I think at at some point, as good as he is, you have to kind of ask yourself, is it all worth it for a 38-year-old player? Uh, Joan, I'm grabbing Jeremy, and then I'm grabbing a Facebook from Raul next, and then we'll get to the remaining Supers and dip on out of here. Jeremy, what's up, bro? Black Knight, 232 on YouTube, 323 on Twitch. I think he wants us flexing his Twitch more so than YouTube. So connect with him over there. Black Knight 323. He says, what worries me is if Locke does the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing and we're stuck in football purgatory. Well, here's the thing. If that's what happens, you got Teddy two gloves and then you charge it to the game. You move on to 2022. I still think you can win 10, 11 games with Teddy. I really do. And if that's how it shakes out, look, Maybe Teddy comes in and they only win seven, eight, nine games. Fangio gets dispatched. And Peyton gets to start over with his own head coach and his own quarterback. And Broncos fans, you know, can can live for 2022. But you can't base your outlook, you can't base your team building, roster building uh, philosophy on what if our guy is up and down, right? Because any player can be up and down. You have to hedge it on, all right, what do we know about him? What has he done? What are our concerns? What do we think we can do with our coaching and the collection of talent around him? Can we reasonably expect that to improve? Can we reasonably expect him to take steps forward? Or are we more likely or or inclined to believe he's going to continue to be that Jekyll and Hyde guy? I think the Broncos spoke pretty loud and clear on that front by not drafting a cue at pick nine. They think Drew Locke can continue to grow and do well, but they're also smart enough to realize that there's no guarantee that'll happen Hence, Teddy Bridgewater getting acquired the day before the draft. Yeah, I hate to break it to some fans, but the Broncos aren't hoping or expecting or planning on Locke to regress this year or play Jekyll and Hyde football. I think they're pretty confident they can win with the roster assembled around him and having some sort of continuity on offense. But listen, if he comes in here, he starts this year, the Broncos win seven games like Chad said, Fangio's gone, then it's Spencer Rattler time, baby. Let's go. Indeed. Raul, I'm going to go ahead and read this from the stream. Just <laughs> look like Wilson big... from Home Improvement. I can't see your mouth. 
All right. Let me read this from the stream, Ralph. Thanks for your oh, uh, your um, <laughs> dissertation here, my friend. He says, I wanted to share a pet peeve I have uh, with the priests. Oftentimes, when referring to Garrett Bowles, you guys make references to him not being the smartest tool in the shed and similar comments. But have you listened to his recent interviews? The guy is logical, um, most logical, grounded, and articulate. Sometimes we get stuck with snapshots of the past for X, Y, or Z. Please reevaluate your opinion. Reevaluate your opinion of him. The guy is not dumb at all. I don't think he's dumb. I really don't. But he's he's uh, in terms of being articulate. I would have to pick a nit with that, my friend. I don't think he's very articulate at all. I think by the time you go through his quotes on a given day at at the podium, he takes you know five hundred words to say what someone else would say maybe in, you know, two sentences. But that's nothing against him. And we also know for what it's worth, Roe, Garrett Bowles had a learning – has a learning disability, right? He He's not as uh, – it's not as easy for him to pick up new things is really what that boils down to. I don't think he's dumb. I don't think that – and I know for a fact as someone who – my I have a, a sibling, all right, who struggled with a learning disability. Learning disabilities don't always equate to – some kind of deficiency in IQ right. or smarts, right? Th- those those are oftentimes two different things. Uh, I mean, even people with ADHD, some of the smartest people I know in the world that I've encountered are ADHD, technically a learning disability, but they're still brilliant human beings. And I wouldn't quite go so far as to call Garrett Bowles, Zach, brilliant, but uh, we're not saying he's dumb. We're not saying he's dumb. I think BNS forgot to log out of his burner account because I don't know where this Bulls hate is coming from. I've owned up to what I've said about him on the field. I never called him dumb, nor I thought, is he dumb or anything like that. I I don't care really what he says or how he says it or how many words he says. If he can just block people and keep the quarterback upright, it's really all I care about. He did that last year pretty well, and as long as he does, I will commend him. John, do you have – We'll grab Michael and then Naj, and then I think we got to get on out of here. What's up? Good to see you again, Michael. Appreciate the support, buddy. He says, family duty calls, but I'll watch later tonight. Best to all, and go Broncos. Hey, give our best to your family. Hopefully when you circle back and listen to this, we appreciate you, Michael. Yeah, appreciate all your support on Twitter, too. Great Twitter follow. Thank you, Michael. Very very engaging on Twitter. We love that. We love that uh, discussion and the uh, dialectic, the back and forth. Uh, all right, let me see uh, Flyfish Hunter. Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you being with us tonight. He says, congrats, Chad, and wishing everyone a wonderful Memorial Day. Honoring and remembering all who have served our country. Hashtag can't wait for football and hashtag go Broncos. Very cool, man. We echo that for sure. You know, I have two um, in-laws. My, my wife's, both her brothers are active military right now. So military is her, her dad, Navy, um, one of her sisters, Navy. I've got some military on my uh, dad's side of the family. We, and even my kids, I'll tell you right now, Zach, I tell my sons, you know, Hey, look, before you decide to let's go throw 40 to hundred grand into college, either instead join the military out of the gates, right, right when you get out of high school, and this is what I really tell my sons. Go to the Air Force, go to the Navy, pick your military. And if you're not going to do that, go learn a trade because you're going to have a, you're going to stand a better chance to earn and have long term right. success out of the gates than you would as a millennial or what's what's the other one? What's the ones after millennials? Generation Z. Is what, that what it's whatever called? it is, you're going to have a better chance as that demographic 
if you either have military service experience, plus you get the GI Bill if you want to go to the military right. or you know serve and then come back and go to college. So nothing but love for the military. Appreciate that um, that message, Fly Fish Hunter. Yeah, I hope everyone out there who's listening or will listen has had a great Memorial Day today. And once again, as we, as we said at the top of the show, anyone listening right now who served, thank you for all your service. And uh, just know that it's much appreciated and recognized. All right, real quick. Naj Altaf wow. in the house. Very generous Appreciate super you. chat. As he is wont to do it, you know, Naj Whenever we see him in the chat, always generous, supporting the cause, helping to keep the lights on at MHH. Just means a lot, my friend. Thank you for that generosity. He says, Chad, congrats, bro. Been slammed at work, so I haven't been able to join live as often. Why do you feel Locke gets virtually no credit or even a shot nationally? He has made some elite-level passes, so it's out there. I hope he succeeds. We talked about this at length on last night's show, Naj, for what it's worth. And every show. For yeah, the past six months. I, I would say go back and listen to that. I'm still going to answer your question, my perspective on that, but it's going to be Cliff Notes version because we're late in the night. But let me tell you, it boils down to this, all right? A lot of people had negative takes, perspectives, opinions on Drew going into the 2019 draft, and it's a it's a form of confirmation bias, right? Any chance they got to confirm that bias, they run with it you know, as quickly as they can get the print, they're running uh, because it makes them feel better about their takes. They can stand up there on Twitter and do this. But honestly, Zach, I think what it more has to do with is the fact that he is, he has swagger. And that's one of the downsides. Like if you're Brett Favre back in the nineties, all right. And you're that level of swag and just that, you know, gunslinger and joking around and all the stuff that Brett did, I always interpreted that as a guy that just was purely enjoying the game. This was a guy that just had almost like a childlike, almost like an innocent, just passion and love for playing the game. But if, if the production didn't follow, he would have been pilloried as well. You, If you're going to be that swagger guy, if you're going to rap on the bench, if you're going to do Buzz Lightyear, if you're going to dance and all that stuff, you got to bring it. You got to back it up with the production and, at the first chink in the armor last year when that production didn't meet the swag, the vultures swarmed in. And that's the that's the bottom line. Yeah, I get your point, and I agree with it to an extent, but is it really so bad what he did? I mean, doing this, like Buzz Lightyear no, or rapping on the bench? I mean, he's not pulling out a, a phone from his sock like Joe Horn or a, a, a football like like a, a, a Sharpie like T.O. I mean, what's he doing that's so bad? He's having fun. He's a young 20-something quarterback starting for an NFL team, and he was successful going 4-1 as a rookie. Nationally, it's because there is a Broncos bias, and that's real, and it's because the Broncos aren't relevant. It's also because I'm not naming any names, but the national media is stupid. And I hate to say it, but it's true. They have no idea what they're talking about because they don't follow the Broncos every day for the past five years like Shad and I have done. They see them from when they won the title, and every year since then, they've been out of the playoffs and irrelevant, and they just hop on. That's why they're regarded with the Lions and, and the Bengals and the Jaguars, even though they're not there. They're a proud franchise. Internally, locally, the lock hate stems from People that are taking out the past failures of Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, all on Drew Locke. Even when he went 4-1, it was, oh, well, let's see him do it over a 16-game schedule. Even when he threw four touchdowns against Carolina, it was, why wasn't it five? It's just the Panthers. There's always an excuse for when he does well, but there's never an excuse for when he does poorly. And it's just, like Chad said, it's confirmation bias. 
People want to see and people want to believe what they want to see and what they want to believe. And most people out there, they take their cues from the national media. They take their cues from the narrative and from the media mob. And they take their cues from made-up metrics like pro football focus, ranking Locke as the 33rd overall quarterback in the NFL. And once they see those headlines, because that's the age we live in, where everything is ADD, people want to have all this information at once. Once they see those things, it's a wrap for Locke. No matter what he does from this point forward, he's always going to be judged based on his sole failures of the past. It's derangement, point blank. Loft derangement syndrome. I think between my answer and Zach's answer, it comprehensively covered those bases for you, Naj. Uh, it doesn't justify it in any way, but it does go a long way toward explaining it. Sam again. Thanks, buddy. He says, just curious about this. If Rodgers were a free agent, do you think George Payton would pay $30 million a year for him, or would there be a reasonable limit? Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. Because he's going to do that if he trades for him anyway. And I know the Broncos right. were, are interested in Aaron Rodgers. That's not – I mean, you don't need to be a, a insider to know that. I mean, they were – Legwell talks about it in the piece, right? The Niners, John Lynch, the GM there, admitted that they at least called Green Bay day of the draft to say, hey, is this real? You know, is he on the is he on the block? Can we make an offer? Broncos, knowing George Payton, he was on the phone too. So if he were a free agent, you bet your bottom dollar George Payton would be willing to – take a step back for a couple, two, three years on the old cap, knowing that he could be riding a wave similar to the Broncos 012 through 15 period that Elway got to preside over. If Peyton offered Rodgers 30 mil a year, he would hear him laughing from Green Bay or Hawaii or California, wherever the hell he is, because no quarterback, especially of Rodgers caliber, even on a rework deal is getting 30. Why would he take less money than Matt Stafford or Jared Goff, he's going to want to be paid market level commensurate to his abilities. And when you have a quarterback like Dak Prescott making $40 million a year, $30 million is not going to cut it. Jake Girard jumping in. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, hey, guys, how long do you think the QB battle will last? Hopefully not into the preseason like Simeon Lynch. Also, congrats, Chad. Hey, thanks, Jake. Well, we already know the answer to that, buddy. Vic Fangio said that they're not even going to begin to right. formulate an answer until preseason. So this is going to go all the way down to the bitter end, right? You're not going to get an answer till the end of the third preseason game. Then you'll know who the who the queue is, who who you know rises above. Real quick, Zach from Black Knight three twenty three on Twitch, directly for you. And then we got one or two more, and then we got to go. Zach, he says, have you heard anything about Kellen Moore maybe getting a head coaching job in Dallas? Should Mike McCarthy fall flat on his hind parts? Well, first of all, yeah, it's, it's just like Fangio this year. It's put up or shut up time for Mike McCarthy in Dallas. There's no excuse for that team not to win the NFC East this year. But if he gets fired, there is a reason why the Cowboys retain Kellen Moore this season. Boise State wanted him. They offered him a lot of money, and Kellen Moore re-upped with the Cowboys. I believe with the expectation he's going to become the new head coach in waiting. He's going to be gifted the opportunity, and the, and the Cowboys – it's tough to talk about another team. They're grooming him for that job. So, yeah, um, if the Broncos want him, they're going to have to put up a good offer next offseason because he's going to be head coach somewhere in Dallas or elsewhere. Kane Dawson, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. The uh, progeny of Billy the Kid with us here tonight. What's up, dude? He says, the color rush is a great idea, but the NFL needs a refreshing change in uniform designs to spice things up, in my opinion. Hashtag state of me. You know, as we talked about last night, both Zach and I are more traditionalists when it comes to NFL, you know, let's just say culture, for lack of a better term. As much as I'd like to see a little bit more free-flowing options for jerseys, 
logos, etc. At the same time, I don't want it to be like NBA, where it's a different freaking jersey every time you turn around. It's a different logo every time you turn around. There's got to be some kind of a happy medium, but that's the NFL. They don't like changing those things up. And I think, you know, the way they are doing it, Zach, they have all the the justification in the world to approach things with their trademarks the way they do. I mean, what were they last year even in the midst of a pandemic? I think they were still a $12 billion nut. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to do anything that upsets that apple cart. Yeah, we've seen enough change in the NFL, and we certainly don't want the 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 NFL adopting the NBA with political slogans on jerseys. You know, keep the church and state separated, please. Uh, but if anyone out there read Peter King's latest column, uh, Football Morning in America, it's really illuminating because he talks about the league expanding by 2032 more teams, games in Germany, games all over the world. The NFL is quickly changing, but I hope the uniforms are the one old guard component that stays untouched. Joshua, appreciate you being back with us, my friend. Appreciate the congrats as well. Uh, Ron Dub jumping in. It's been a while since we've seen our a bona fide superstar in the hizzy. Long time, long time superstar. Always with the good questions. Great to have you back, Ron. He says, hey, guys, long time. Do you think Baron Browning will be used inside or outside? Also, which offensive threat will have the most yards and which will have the most TDs? So first of all, Browning, I don't see him doing inside. anything other than off ball. Yep. He's going to be an inside guy. As far as the offensive threat, most yards, which one will have the most TDs? I'm going to say most yards. It's going to be Cortland Sutton. The most TDs is going to be Noah Fant. Bold prediction. I agree on Sutton. I'm going to say Javante Williams for most TDs. I think he's going to be a vulture and, a, and a, just a hawk inside the five. That would be cool to see. John, I think we are caught up, right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, nope. There's one more. Sharon Grindstaff in the hizzy. That's a cool name, by the way, Sharon. It makes me think of like, you know, I'm a fantasy nerd. Uh, I just realized all the stuff's out of this room. But uh, Grindstaff, you know, like I imagine that being the name of the wizard, you know, that that finds Bilbo Baggins instead of Gandalf. His name's Grindstaff or something. That's a cool name. Congrats, Chad. As an LNDRN, I am so glad you were able to be there for your wife and son. Also, big thank you to all our vets Amen on both fronts. Thank you, Sharon. Appreciate you. And yeah, that's a that's a job that is uh, very underappreciated in this world. Yeah. So thank you, Sharon. Thank you. All right. One last thing, guys, before we dip on out of here, we got to say thank you to our great uh, super supporters on Facebook. And there are many. Before we dip on out of here, let me just pull this up so that we can give them. I'm still hoping that, that StreamYard will eventually get their act together and start allowing us as creators to see the individual star questions and star donations in stream to have them show up in the same way a super chat does for us within our um, studio room. But for now, Randy Jones, appreciate you, bro. Gary Leeds Palmer, you're a legend. You're what is this week? 17 Brad Murdoch, legendary. All three of you guys really appreciate you every single week, guys. Um, You're showing up. So thank you. Thank you, guys. But, Zach, other than that, let's dip on out of here. Um, again, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Hope you get to enjoy the the rest of your evening. We're off tomorrow night, but we'll be back Wednesday. And so we'll uh, we'll see where things are at by then. We're going to get some activities starting tomorrow with minicamp opening up at UC Health Training Center. So we'll have some storylines to chew on uh, when we show up again on Wednesday night. But in the meantime, you'll get, of course, Building the Broncos Tuesday night. 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, and 
Other than that, Zach, have a great start to your week, bro, and sign us on out of here. You too. I hope you get to enjoy your baby tomorrow. Have some time off for that, for nice family bonding time. Uh, yeah, we get to hop back on here, actually, Chad, on June 2nd when uh, the Aaron Rodgers news could come fast and furious. Maybe, you know, breaking news during the pod. It should be interesting. Uh, but knowing us, news is going to happen when we're not potting. But anyway, guys, we're going to get out of here tonight. Be sure to follow the podcast at Huddle Up Pod. Be sure to follow the Mothership account at Huddle. Be sure to hit up the merchandise store if you so want to at HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. We appreciate it. Uh, be sure to become a subscriber at Facebook.com slash Huddle. Big blue button. Big blue button. Tough to say. Kelberman's Corner Trickle Zone. I promise you guys exclusive content. You will love it. If you can't do that, we totally appreciate and understand. Also, if you can, please, we ask of you, subscribe, like, and share. Helps us out more than you know. Yes, Chad. Before I forget, guys, don't don't you forget, Tyler. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. Good to see you. Uh, don't you forget, tomorrow morning as well, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we got a drive time show for you, uh, Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. So just a reminder, 8 a.m. Uh, Mountain, 10 a.m. Eastern. And thank you, Tyler. Quick last-minute buzzer-beating $5 super. We appreciate you, Tyler. Hopefully you enjoyed the pod tonight. Having a great Memorial Day. But we are off. Again, guys, subscribe, like, and share. We appreciate you. Uh, be sure to follow Chad on Twitter, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL. And you can follow, of course, our producer, John K. MHH on Twitter. That's his Twitter handle, John K. MHH. We will see you guys on Wednesday, though, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal.